Hello, and welcome to the Activate Preaching Podcast. My name is Pastor Jill Pilkey, and it is a privilege to be with you this morning and to share God's Word together. Let's pray, and then let's get right into the Word of God. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are sovereign above everything, that you know our beginning and our end. You've known us from our conception, and you'll know us until our last breath when we meet with you in glory. God, I thank you that you are above all things. Lord, I pray that today we would learn to trust you more. Today, God, I pray that our trust would be uh, solid like never before, that it wouldn't be wavering, but we would trust you completely, that we would recognize, that we would set deep in our hearts that you truly are the Lord of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning, change our hearts and lives in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, well, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Today, we're going to take a look at Romans chapter 9, and we're going to be talking about God's sovereignty. Have you ever been on an airplane, and as you're landing, you look out the window and you could see, first you can see, you know, breaking through the clouds and then you could see the squares mapped out where the land is, where there's farmland and city blocks. And then as you get a little bit closer, you could see little tiny, seemingly matchbox cars driving around. You could start to locate kind of where you're at. You kind of get your bearings. You see the airport. And I always think at those moments, two things. I think about the glory of God, like how amazing God is to create this earth. And, you know, I've flown over mountain ranges and, and oceans. And when you just look out and you see the glory of God and, and flying at nighttime and you look out and you see, sometimes you can see just the vastness of outside. And I've flown uh, times where the sun is rising. I've flown through uh, lightning storms. And just to see the glory of God, when you're up in an airplane, you see it in a different way. It's just like being on a mountaintop and looking out. You see the glory of God and you think to yourself, you know, God is so big and so beyond us to create these things. And so that's the first thing. And the second thing I always think is what a different view from up here. You could see, you get a bird's eye view, you get a different picture of the world when you're looking from the top down, when you can see the whole layout. When you can see the whole layout, you can make different decisions, right? You could say that this um, field should be planted here or this building should be built there. When you look at the whole picture, you look at just how small we are and how many of us there are, and you realize just how big God is. And I always think, wow, God actually talks to me. The God of the universe who has all these people, when I look down from the airplane and I see all the city lights, and I see all the house lights, and I see all the cars, you begin to get a, a better picture of just how many people there are and the realization that God talks to me, little old me, individually. So you see the glory of God and you see how individually he speaks to each one of us. We're going to take a look today in Romans chapter 9. And this is Paul speaking. And and Paul is speaking out of some anguish in his own heart. Because in chapter 9 of Romans, if you have your Bible, turn there and just begin to look at it because there's a lot in here. Paul looks at the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, the Jewish people, and his heart is broken because the Israelite people had missed the Messiah. And these were Paul's people. Paul was a Jewish person. And so he's looking at his own people and he's saying, you're missing Jesus. You're missing the very thing that's been promised to you from the beginning of time. I mean, you had the law given through Moses. You had the patriarchs. You had 
everything handed down through your ancestry all the way to Jesus, and now you've not accepted him. And Paul says, I would trade my own salvation. I would trade my own self if it meant that you would just realize who God is. And as a 2018 Christian, I look at those around me who are not Christians. I say, you're my people. You're my people. And I would trade my salvation if you would just come to know Jesus, if you would just accept him. But Paul mourns even deeper because these are the, the, the promised nation. And he mourns even deeper because uh, he, he, they were set up to receive Jesus and they didn't. So he gets into this idea of God's sovereign choice. Israel, you did not accept Jesus. You're missing the Messiah. You had your own ideas. You had your own ideas about how this would work out. And it didn't work out the way you thought but it worked out in God's sovereign plan, which was above your plan. But here's the thing, his plan was different than yours. And because it was different, you did not accept it. Your idea versus God, God's idea. How does that translate to today? Well, today we do the same thing. We have our own ideas. And when God doesn't come through our way, when God doesn't do things the way that we planned or perceived that he should, we become just like the Israelites and we miss Jesus. We miss him because God is up in heaven and he's looking down on earth like we are in an airplane looking down and he sees things that we don't see. He knows things that we don't know. And sometimes we walk through pain so that he will be glorified. And sometimes we walk through glory so he will be glorified. But Jesus has to be the chief. God has to be the chief in our lives. His way. It's got to be his way. But that means that it's not our way. Catch that? It's not our way. We may have an idea, but God's idea always comes first. We may have an idea that we should get a certain job. But God is looking down from above and he sees what's better. So in your heartache of not getting that job, you have to be that person says, God, you are the chief and I am not. And so God, if you don't want me to get this job that I think I should get, that I think I deserve, God, I surrender my life to you anyway. I don't want to miss Jesus. Jesus, your plan is good. My, it's not my plan. It's yours. It might be that you want someone who is sick to be healed. And maybe, just maybe, that's God's plan. Maybe he wants to be glorified through the miraculous healing of someone. Maybe he wants to be glorified when the doctors say, it's impossible that he would make it possible. That's up to God. That is up to God. And if I believe that my family should be at peace at all times, that uncles and aunts and grandparents and siblings should all be at peace, that's my idea. But what's God's idea? What is his purpose? What is his plan? What is he working out? I'm not sitting above. I'm in it. And he's above it. And he can see differently. And he can see how this is going to work out for his glory. I can't see it. Is it my idea or God's idea? And whose idea? Whose agenda am I pushing? Am I pushing my own agenda with such passion 
Am I pushing my own agenda with such, with, with such a, a, a bullheadedness that I can't see that maybe, just maybe, my idea is not God's idea? God is sovereign. God is the chief. God is the one who sees more than we see. And so Paul is anguished here because he wants the Israelites to see God's plan and they don't see it. He goes on to talk about how sovereign God is. How sovereign God God is as he chooses people and he does not choose other people. This is seemingly unfair. We can go to the parable in in Matthew chapter 20. And in that parable, Jesus tells of a, a, a person who hires people. And he hires certain people at different parts of the day. And at the end of the day... Instead of paying them all a different wage based on how long they worked, the ones that, sh- that worked the shortest amount of time got the exact same pay as the ones who worked all day long. It wasn't fair. But the illustration that Jesus is giving is that he is sovereign and he does as he pleases for his own reasons. Friends, our ideas are not God's ideas. And when we start thinking that we have an angle, when we start thinking that we have the insight, when we start thinking that we are somewhere equal to God, we're wrong. In all things, we have to put ourselves back down and say, God, I am a servant to you. You are not a servant to me. I'm going to say that again. God, I am a servant to you. You are not a servant to me. You are not my genie in a bottle that has to do what I say. I'm the one who does what you say. Even when it doesn't line up with my heart's desire, even when it doesn't line up with what I think should happen, because God, you are the chief. God, you are the Lord. And so not every time will my desires line up with God's because I'm human and he is God. Because he sees more and he knows more than I do. Paul goes on in chapter 9 to talk about the decisions that God made and how seemingly unfair they were to people. Catch that. Paul is talking about how sometimes God's decisions seem unfair to people. Has God's decision in your life ever seemed unfair to you? I hope so. I want to know why I hope so, because if God does everything that you think that he should do, then you're not really bending to his will. You're just going about your life, infusing God where you feel like it. If God has offended you, you are actually following him. If God has asked you to do something that you never thought of, you are following him. If God has done something that you would have never done, then you're following God and not yourself. If you're following yourself, it'll be easy. If you're following yourself, it'll all make sense. But following God is following something bigger than yourself. Different. Hear that? Different than yourself. You should not follow your own will. You should follow the will of the Father. You should not follow your own desires. You should follow the desires of the King. You should be bend, and you should break, and you should change, and you should mold to be like Him. He doesn't bend. He doesn't change. He's not like a shifting shadow that is one way today and a different way tomorrow. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore, we follow him. 
He doesn't follow us. We follow him wherever and however he chooses to lead us. Even if it's through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I would never choose to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but he has led me there. And friends, he has led me through it. We have to go where we wouldn't normally go because God tells us to. We have to say what we wouldn't normally say because God impresses on our hearts to do so. If everything is working out the way you thought it should, then maybe you're following yourself. If everything is working out the way that you thought it should, then maybe you're just following yourself and not God. Paul talks about how Jacob was chosen over Esau, the younger brother over the older brother. He talks about the children of promise that Sarah has, the difference between Ishmael and the child that God desired, which was Isaac. One was elevated, one was not. And it's not based on the things that they did or did not do. This was determined, friends, before they were born. This was determined before they were born. In verse 16, it says, It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. The verse before says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Is God really God? Is God really in charge? If he is, it's up to him on whom he'll elevate and who he won't. If he is really God, it's up to him, not based on our effort or how hard we try or how hard we strive. It is up to God, the God of the universe, to choose and not to choose people for certain roles and certain situations. That's hard news. We want it to be based on our effort. We want it to be how much we study for a test determines how well we do. But with God, it's different. He is sovereign. He is the chief. He chooses whom he chooses. The obvious question comes after. He says, well, what should we do then? If, if God is going to choose anyway, what's the point of trying? If God's going to choose anyway, then what's the point of, of striving to be like him? And Paul answers his own question. He says, oh, you lump of clay. How could you turn to the potter and question what he's doing? Here it is, friends. We have to remember who we are in relationship to who God is. We are the clay. He is the potter. We are the creation. He is the creator. Are we willing to bow to the creator? Or do we as the clay stand up and say, no, I'd rather you make me a cup instead of a bowl. I'd rather you make me a fork instead of a spoon. No, no, no. The creator chooses what to make of the creation. So our posture before God is to bend to his way and to his will and to say, God, whatever you choose to do with my life, I surrender. I will not fight against my creator. I will not fight and and work to be something that you did not create me to be. God, if you want me to be a bowl, 
I'll be a bowl. If you want me to be a cup, I will be a cup. I will not try to go against my creator. But here, many of us sit, complaining because of what the creator made us to be. We think that we can see from the top of the airplane. And we think we've arrived as Christians. As seasoned Christians, Christians who have been following Jesus for so many years, we feel like we're those up in an airplane. We feel like we really have a handle on things. We feel like we can see the end from the beginning. We're up in an airplane, we're looking down, and we say, oh God, oh creator, we've got this. You've elevated us, and now we can see right from wrong. We can see end from the beginning. And the God of the entire universe says to us, oh, you little children, you have no idea what I can see from outer space. You think you can see a lot because you've been a Christian for, for some years? Yes, you can see in part. But friend, God sees in whole. He sees not only the beginning of time, but the end of time. He doesn't just see what we're doing on a small scale, but on a huge scale beyond what we can even imagine God sees. We have to trust God. We have to trust God. Israel did not accept Jesus. God chose Gentiles. And now everyone can accept him. That translates to, to today as you have your own ideas. God is sovereign. Can you accept that? You have your own ideas. God is sovereign. Can you accept that? And chapter 9 ends as it talks about Israel's unbelief. And it quotes from Isaiah. It says, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. And this rock that he's talking about, this cornerstone, it's Jesus. He's saying to the Israelites, I have given you Jesus, and either you will stumble upon him and fall, or you will look to him and live. And that same challenge is for today. That same challenge applies to August 2018. Will you stumble on Jesus and fall because you're going your own way and not looking at him? Or will you look to him and live? Will you look to his ideas and say, I want God ideas, not my ideas. I bend my will and my way. I bend my future. I bend my today. I remember that I am a servant of the king. I am not the king. I am a servant to the king. I will do what he tells me to do. I will go where he tells me to go. I will stay where he tells me to stay. And sometimes that staying is even harder because going is exciting. But sometimes he says, I want you to stay. Sometimes he says, I want you to clean. Sometimes he says, I want you in the back. Will you listen to your creator? Or will you be like the clay looking up and saying, but I want to do this instead. He sees a bigger picture. He sees timing that we don't see. Will you yield yourself to your creator today and say, God, this is my life. I give it into your hands and I trust you. Will you trust God today with your life, with his ideas? Or will you be like the Israelites who say it, doesn't hap- it didn't happen the way I thought in my mind it would happen. And so I will go my own way. That's what the Israelites did. Don't be like that today. Be one that accepts Jesus 
Be one that accepts his ways, not just him for salvation, but him for the day to day. If your life is easy right now, if you are being led down an easy path, I want you to begin to ask God, God, is this really where you have me? Not that everything with God has to be difficult, but his ways surely are not our ways. His thoughts are surely not our thoughts because he's so big, because he's so much more than we are. And so are we doing things that we think are good? Are we doing things that God has asked us to do? Begin to look at every area of your life with a magnifying glass. Begin to inspect every room of your heart and say, God, in my family, am I following what you have or what I think we should have? In my job, am I following what I think is the good thing to do? Or am I following after you, Jesus, and what you've called me to do? Because God, you see a bigger picture. In my social life and in my friendships, God, am I following you or what I think is a good idea? Am I like the Israelites saying, this is how it's supposed to happen? I'll tell you, God is a creative God. And God has a plan and a purpose for every season of life. He has a plan and a purpose for you in your friend circle. He has a plan and a purpose for you in your job. And if you go along humdrum doing what everybody else is doing, then you're not following God. God's plan for you is individual. God's plan for you is creative. God's plan for you is beyond whatever you could think, whatever you could imagine, because he is so much bigger. Will you listen to him today? Will you get the plugs out of your ears and say, I'm not just going to go along life living like a seemingly good Christian. I'm not going to live life just like everybody else says I should live. I'm going to live for the king. I'm going to live a different life, called out, set apart for his good purpose. Is that you today? Are you living for yourself? Are you living like everyone else? Because every single Christian has a call. Every single Christian has a purpose and a mission. Every single Christian has a sphere of influence. You have purpose and calling. Are you listening to what God would say? Sovereignly, are you listening to God's plan? Today, I pray that you would spend some time with him. That you would spend some time in a quiet place and say, God, search my heart for sin. Search my heart for injustices. But now, God, search my heart for ways where I have followed my own agenda my own ideas, and show me, God, where I can follow your agenda and your ideas. And if your ideas are things I don't like, still I will trust you. And if your ways are things I don't feel like doing, still I will do them. And if your thoughts are things that I don't really personally like, God, still I will bend my will and my way to your will and your way because you are higher and you are far above me. Everything we've talked about can be found in Romans chapter 9. Today, the big question is, can you accept that God is sovereign? Can you accept that God is sovereign? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for who you are. You are 
high above us. God, you are majestic. You are Lord of every nation, every tribe, every language. God, you are Lord over every people group, every continent, every city. God, you see things that we will never see. You know things that we will never know. You know why things are happening, why things are shifting, not only socially or economically or politically, but God, you know the weather patterns. God, you know why storms come and volcanoes are God, you know why things happen because God, each one of those you set into place. You know why the stars are aligned in different ways. You know why the sun rises and sets. God, you know why things happen. And so God, today we yield ourselves to you. We realize who we are. We are the creation. You are the creator. And God, I pray that each one listening, that God, we would yield to your ideas and your ways because they are so much higher than ours. We want to be your servants. We don't want to push ahead our own agenda. We want to follow yours because yours is greater and better and ends in sovereign things happening that we could never design on our own. So God, if we've gotten comfortable, forgive us. God, if we've gotten complacent, forgive us. If we've gotten apathetic, forgive us. God, if we've followed ourselves, forgive us. Help us to turn around and to follow you and your way and to accept and trust that you are better and higher than us. We are your servants and you are our God. And we will follow you all the days of our lives with passion and with complete trust. Jesus, thank you for your word, which is like a mirror to us, which shows us who you are and who we are. Help us not to look into the mirror, walk away and forget, but God, help us to be changed from the inside out. God, we long for your presence. We long to be with you. Be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.